0: Good morning. Today's reading is from Matthew chapter 6, verses 1, 5, and 16. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, for then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. And verse 5, and when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, and that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. And finally, verse 15. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Good morning. Good morning. So good to see you here this morning to be here together. Um, it's a, a good day. You can uh, welcome to the fall, huh? It's yeah, yes. In Tucson, we cheer for those things. If you're uh, if you're new, my name is Dave. I'm the lead pastor here at Redemption Tucson, and um, and I uh, I love to be a little more interactive in our in our times. So uh, you can turn to your neighbor and say, Welcome to the fall. We'll do, uh, the fall is in the season of the fall. We'll get into that other, uh, there's another fall, but we'll talk about that. You can say, welcome to redemption. Um, So also, if you're new, um, I uh, just want to give you a heads up, I have a Cutter. so I want to give you a, just a heads up, make sure that you know uh, what that is. Uh, it's uh, not the, the freezing cold temperatures um, or the fact that I was up cheering on some cats really late last night. You know, there is such a thing as a moral victory, by the way. When you're supposed to lose by 50 and you go to overtime, that's a, it's a win. Um, but uh, yeah, see, we're, we're excited. We love one another. We come as we are, wherever we're at. Um, together as a community. So, uh, a couple things that I want to make you aware of before we, we get into our time in the Sermon on the Mount and we continue in that. One is, just, as has been said, redemption communities. I just want to again encourage you. Um, there's actually one that meets on Sunday evenings. They're starting tonight, um, and so would encourage you, look on the website, go to the Connect Desk. Um, it really is, we say all of life is all for Jesus, and that really is the best way to do that, to experience that, to live life alongside others, wherever you are. Um, uh, for those of you who are not yet sure what you make of Christianity or what it means to have a faith in Jesus, um, it doesn't only come from you know hearing on Sunday morning, hearing a sermon or coming, uh, really living it out and seeing what that looks like alongside people who, 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 who call themselves followers of Jesus. That's a great way to do it. So you're encouraged to get involved in a redemption community, um, okay? All of us are. Another thing I really want to say before, not, not this slide yet, sorry, because I, I, I get a little confusing for them with the slides. I jump all over the place. Um, I just want to point out, because I don't think it was mentioned, a number of people came here yesterday and did some work, some significant work. If you've vi- visited the bathrooms, if you haven't, don't not right now, but I encourage you to go look at them and see. Um, if, if again, if you're new, you might not notice the radical transformation, but uh, if you knew what it was like, it, we we did some painting. If you notice, the historic and tiny uh, old-school TV that used to be hanging up there is no longer there. Somebody climbed up and took it down. And we just were slowly but surely kind of growing in our partnership and relationship with this school, with Stafford. In fact, the chairs, a number of people, I think all these chairs are fixed now in this downstairs level. That, so that, yes. So... Those of you who have, like, permanent back injuries now because of sitting in broken chairs, uh, you're good now. Um, and, okay, uh, um, so with that, though, we meet in a school full of kids, kids that come here. We had to scrape, like, 40 spit wads off the ceilings in the bathrooms yesterday to remind us, um, uh, or not to remind us, but that reminded us that youth and, uh, is a really important time frame. And um, um, we, as we grew, as we're growing as a young church, we met in my house and um, we all know that within like five years, we're going to have this booming youth ministry because we have a bunch of, you know, first, second, third graders and even more 12 babies, I think, born in our church this year. Um, We're growing in in that front. But um, some of you guys who know me know one of my favorite words is intentional, intentionality. And so we want to be intentional. We don't just want to arrive one day with a bunch of youth and be like, we have youth now, and what are we going to do with this? But we meet in a school, again, I mean, all kind of joking aside, where there's this brokenness. And we, um, in fact, as we've kind of dug into what does it look like to launch a youth ministry here as a, as a church and to begin thinking along those lines, to be intentional about, again, if all of life is all for Jesus for all people, um, w- what a significant time frame junior high and high school age is and um, so important. And as a church, we need to be entering into that. And we've been thinking and praying for a long time. Well, today we're going to, you're invited, okay, if you have a heart, if you have not if You all have hearts. If you have a heart for this, for youth ministry, and, and you have a heart for maybe God worked in your life during that age group, or maybe you have like a handful of people here I know that have people in that, in that age group, in junior high and high school age, I really want to encourage you to come today. It's a bring-your-own-lunch kind of deal at Connect Coworking. Um don't leave your car parked in the parking lot, but if you park right out here, you can walk there. It's really close. Come and talk to me afterward if you're interested in that. I really want to encourage you to come because I'm excited to be beginning that um, to move in that direction. It's it's really a Tucson problem. Um, A number of churches here, uh, this huge high school, Tucson High, almost 5,000 students, I think, go there. I don't know. I might be, you know, pastors always exaggerate, but it's a huge number. And um, it, it, there's like no, I, there's no real youth ministry going on on that high school, different things like that. So I know Young Life has been really trying to do some things there. So um, all that to say, we care. All right, we really care. We want to enter into that and, and see the 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 good news of Jesus transform um, transform Tucson, and, and, and that will really happen through the youth and 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 through. And that will be a piece of. His redemptive healing work, okay? So, um, please come, and if you can't come today, but you care about that, you have questions, come up and talk to us. I'm excited for what's up ahead there. Um, Now, we're gonna get into it pretty quickly here. So, um, turn with me to Matthew chapter 6, you know the drill, turn to your neighbor and say, welcome to chapter 6. Um, we've been in chapter 5. We're, we're going to be in these um, these three chapters, chapter 5, 6, and 7. The Sermon on the Mount, the most famous sermon, the best sermon ever preached, because it came straight from the mouth of Jesus. And um, so now we're in chapter 6. If you don't have a Bible or an app that you have a Bible on it. Go ahead and um, lift your hand up high and keep it up, please. Somebody will get you a Bible. Um, and if you don't own a Bible, you do now. Keep it. Yeah, uh, I can help with this, too. If, keep it up, okay? Keep it up um, high. Someone will get you a Bible. También um, si quieres la Biblia en español, levanta su mano y diga español. Y si no tienes una Biblia, eso es nos regalo a usted. Um, So I said, yeah, we want to give, make sure everyone has a Bible they can read along with and follow along. Um, All right, let let me pray as we get into our time here together. Um, Heavenly Father, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for this morning. Um, Thank you for the good news of Jesus. Um, Even as we do experience the transition from summer to fall, and I know we're going to have a couple more hundred days, you know, up ahead and... 100 degree temperatures and things like that. Um, even this is a reminder of, um, of, 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 uh, of going from brokenness to healing and to, and to hardship to life. And I just, I know that even in Tucson, we kind of collectively experience just a kind of a rejuvenation as we enter into these cooler months. And I pray that would even be a m- metaphor for us individually and corporately as a people as we come here together, wherever we're coming from. That we would, we would um, be shaped by the, the healing, restorative work of Jesus as we, as we hear from, from your mouth specifically um, through our time together uh, this morning in your word. We do uh, pray these things in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. So um, as we're getting into it, uh, wh- where we're headed today, I want to um, give a brief little, little, um, little, little recap is just, and this one, you know, I-, I promise you I wouldn't do like every week as we go. Um, the big idea has been that-, that Jesus brings real heart transformation that shows up in real everyday life. And last week, if you missed it, um, it went a little long, but we, we, it's because we had to hunker down and really look at six really practical ways that the transformation of Jesus shows up in everyday life. And we talked about some really, um, really important practical everyday life things. And so this, um, this morning, where we're, where we're headed is we're continuing to look at the implications of that transformational work. Of Jesus coming and saying, I came to not just kind of add a little bit to your life, to make you a little bit more moral, but to give you a new heart. And with that, I want to encourage you that we have a a video not we have we have access to a video by some of you may have seen these by it's called the bible project and um it's on um if you get our email then we've signed you up for what's called the uh it's called right now media and you have access to that if you want to know how to do that again ask it to connect us put it on a on a connect card It's a really good little video, it's like six minutes or so, five and a half minutes long, that essentially kinda sums up or brings you up to speed with what we've been covering over the last uh, four weeks. And it, and it helps connect some of the dots of, like, Jesus saying, I didn't come to abolish the law or the prophets, but to fulfill them. And so it's where Jesus really explains how the Old Testament has been promising who he is and what he would come to do and all these things that we talk about. And especially, as you see there, that the, the, the language being used of a new heart and how this isn't just a sermon to make you feel bad, like, for the next couple months. Of, like, you read the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is like, you thought this would make you right with God. But just kidding even harder this way like and that's sometimes how we hear it and and where we go with this But how the main idea is no you need a new heart And Jesus brings that heart transformation. And so that little video again I want to encourage you to watch that it's been really shaping if you have kids You can even watch it with your kids and it's really helpful really good. So this morning. Where are we going? Um, I want to tell you that this is kind of part one Okay, this is, um, if you have a Bible and and most of and even the ones that we hand out, most of you probably see that it, it says the Lord's Prayer. Well, I don't want to trick you with that because um, we're not going to get into the Lord's Prayer, as, it, as you will, this morning. That's going to be next week. We're going to devote the whole time to specifically being in what is, what is called the Lord's Prayer. And so we're going to be in that the whole time um, because this morning what we're doing is we're looking at specifically the three things that kind of sandwich the Lord's Prayer in there. Where Jesus talks about giving and prayer and fasting and fasting. And, and he says in each of those three categories, beware of doing it like this. He says, but, but do it like this. And, and he explains that. And, and, and here's the deal. Giving and prayer and fasting are really important aspects of the Christian life. They're, they're really important um, elements of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Okay, so it's, these are good. But what we're not going to do right now is like, Jesus said, oh, okay, Jesus says this is how you give. And so this is like a checklist of, okay, so do this. Like we treat it that way. But remember, this is a part of the whole sermon. Remember, so what he's saying is you have a heart condition, a propensity that leads you to do these things this way, that leads you to give and to, to pray and to fast in this way and we'll get into how some of us might even be like i don't do any of those three like what Why? you know okay fine i won't do it then i won't do it that way and and but, but what jesus is doing here as he's always done is he's tapping into your and my heart condition that in this context they're in a religious society where they use these things giving and fasting and prayer in order to meet some needs in order to be recognized, and in order to receive reward. And that's the big idea is this, that every one of us in this room is looking to be recognized and looking to be rewarded in some some fashion in our life. But because of what the Bible calls sin, or the fall, as we referred to earlier a little bit, but the biblical picture of the fall is more like rebellion. And it's God created us to find our identity and our purpose in Him that, 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 that uh, we would be recognized and rewarded, that every element of our lives would come from Him. And then we said, no, thanks, God. I want to go at it on my own. That's the fall. That's rebellion, turning away from God. And because of that, we have a natural propensity to look to be recognized and to look for reward in all the wrong places. And, and we come up short. And we find ourselves going... Time and time again, what, what, what do I need to change? What do I need to do? Even in religious, quote, or spiritual uh, exercises like, like giving and prayer and fasting and things like that, we're, we, we, can, we can distort it and look for it in the wrong way. But, but the good news, the, 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 the big idea here that we want to get into and that Jesus is really hammering on is this, is that is he's saying, no, come before God because, because the Heavenly Father, the perfect Heavenly Father, Recognizes and rewards his children. And some of us might hear that and be like, okay, but here, here, we all, so often our functional, practical lives is different than our confessional lives. Okay, we say this, right? We say, well, yeah, I got that, I get it. I, okay, yeah, God, God recognizes and rewards his people. But, but what I want to ask us to do is kind of dig in a little bit here and to recognize that, that, that our functional, our practical, our everyday lives, we do really look for love in all the wrong places. We look for recognition and reward. And, and, and those aren't bad things. But idolatry means we, we, we meet a real need in some way that god didn't didn't prescribe and didn't give that god says no this is how your needs are met and then we go about it our own way or or god says i'm going to meet your need and we say ah okay but practically functionally we go at it our own and, and again i want us to recognize that just saying the father recognizes and rewards his children isn't enough well what would it look like for that to genuinely sink in deeply, that that informed, that that shaped how we, how we interacted with one another, how we went about our everyday lives, believing this is real. So again, because Jesus is God and knows that we um, don't just hear that and then be shaped by it, he, he digs into it a little bit here. So beginning in verse 1, chapter 6. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Beware. He starts out with that word beware. And this is, again, because he knows. And in each of these, he says that again. He says, beware. Okay? Or take heed. Take note. Lean in. Don't don't let your eyes kind of gloss over that's so common for us to hear these things that we're familiar with and then just be like, okay, yeah, I got it, and then go. Like, I don't know if you, those of you who have kids, maybe you experience this from time to time that your kid says, you know, how do I do this? And then you step in and you start telling them, but they want to really get it on their own and they don't, and then it, as soon as they think they got it, they're like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they go a little bit and then they're like, wait, no, you, I don't get it. And this is, this is Jesus saying like, you don't get it. Like, slow down and listen to me because beware that your propensity is to want, to want to do good works in front of other people in order to be recognized by other people. He says, beware of that. And he says, um, just, just briefly right thereafter in verse 2, he says, he says, beware, don't do it this way as the hypocrites do. Okay, the hypocrite, that word, and there's all kinds of history behind that and the origin of it and all these things, but in a nutshell, um, hypocrisy is inauthenticity. It's, 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 it's living your life in such a way that's not real, that's not coming from a real place. In some form, it's like manipulation. Hypocrisy is saying, I'm going to go about my life this way, and I'm going to present myself in such a way, and I'm going to behave in such a way, and I'm going to do certain things that are, that's going to warrant the response that I want. I'm going to meet my very real needs that I have, through, through how I present myself, and it's going to force other people to recognize me, to give me props, to, to build me up. To And, and so I'm going to do this. And Jesus says, beware of that, because that's your heart propensity, and, and, it's, and that's hypocrisy. That's not real. That's not what, what, what God has, has for you. That's settling. As let's be real here, let's kind of lean in like, we, we do this in, in our day. Um, we have things like, instagram and facebook and twitter and so many different ways again in their context they had their public persu- they had their public religious activities okay they had giving and prayer and fasting and those were often done in a public context and so they would present their they would meet their needs for recognition by uh, doing those different things but in our day we have all kinds of other mediums or platforms that we're looking to get recognized through but hear me again. That's a—it's a real need. It's a God-given need to be recognized. This—this this stuff is not. Um, this isn't stand up here and the guy who was like, I'm like I'm like Gen Y. i am like am like general yi think is a real thing. Okay, I'm not millennial. I'm not really Gen X. I'm kind of in between. But I—I I don't fully get it. Like I don't have Snapchat. Okay, I—I I don't. I don't even know how that works. And some of those. They, what this is not is like kind of old, some of you are like, you're old, and some of you are like, yeah, you're really old. And, you know, I'm, right, this isn't like old generation, like, you whippersnappers, you know, you're you're all about me, 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 all Instagram selfie sticks, or ridiculous, and that's not where I'm going. Those are good, and we have people in our congregation who use those mediums for really good things, for God's glory and the good of others. Why I love where I live is a, is a I don't even know, a non-profit, it's, a, it's really a ministry, but it's, a, it's an effort to love the city and love others and bring, bring good things. But if we're honest about ourselves, um, it's, not, it's often a both-and for most of us. I'll say for all of us that we use these things we present ourselves in such a way to 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 almost force a response and we become enslaved to it and Jesus says beware of practicing your righteousness before others in order to be seen by them in order that's your motive that's your motive, okay? This isn't all those things that... Okay, don't go all crazy legalistic on me. Some, right, we talked about that last week when Jesus says, like, pluck out your eye and cut off your hand and we're like... It's, don't go there, okay? This isn't all legalistic. This isn't don't ever do anything good in front of anyone else. So you're walking down the street and you see a homeless person and you're like, okay, I gotta... I don't do this in front of other people. So, all right, hey, hey dude, here, man, take this real quick. And you're like, you're like smuggling him a sandwich and like, hey, I don't want anyone to see. And, like, we get like that. We get weird. I can say, like, Christians can be weird. <laughs> Amen? Yeah. We, we do stuff because, again, we miss. Jesus is talking about our hearts here. There's motive language. Remember... A couple weeks ago we went to um, in, in verses 13 through 14 when Jesus is talking about salt and light. And he says, he says, let your, let your light shine before others so that so that seeing your good works they will glorify your Father in heaven. Well, in this case, now here today, he says, Don't do your good works before other people, so that you will be recognized by them. All right? Ah, amen? Like, connect these dots here together. There's a motive involved there. There's a heart condition that leads us to go to these places. And so that if we present our lives in such a way that says, I'm going to do all these things so that my God-given need to be recognized will be met by other people liking me or reacting to me or however many emojis i get in these things or whatever it is now on the flip side right they like smuggling a homeless guy a sandwich on the flip side like some of us know that we can be like this oh hey hey dude um when i hand you this can you pause for a second and I'm going like, to capture this real quick. And I'm going to do this right here. I've got this red. The lighting's perfect here. And I'm going to put this on display because, you know, I want people to really see. And I, wanna, I, want, I want my reaction th- that I'm going to get from people because my identity is really wrapped up in how other people see me. And Jesus loves you and me way too much to let us go about meeting our needs, real needs. needs that We need to be recognized. We need it. But, but, but we, we naturally go about it in, in, in a broken way. And, and, and Jesus loves us too much and says, don't go about it this way. Don't do it in front of everyone else because that's selling yourself short. Do it in such a way that you're so, um, you, you, you're so secure and confident that you know that, that the Heavenly Father recognizes you. He delights in you. So now you're free to do good works so that people will see that and will glorify your Father in heaven. Not so that your need will be met in, a, in, a, in an unstable, broken way. Because then what happens? I was talking to Stephen about this this week. We are talking about engaging in social realities of Brokenness that we've seen in the world around us this week with um, with 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 people um, injustice, people of 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 color um, wondering, man, does my life matter? do I um, these really massive, full, heavy subjects that we need to enter into? and just I didn't really even plan on going there with this, but we are i'll just tell you we have a class coming up on um in november that's going to specifically engage in these things it's going to be hosted here it'll be our first ever midweek event here at safford and we're have some we're bringing together a big group of people but that's not that's an antidote that's coming just a little fyi it's going to be november 10th like save the date But that's not like, we're not gonna hang our hat on that. Like, we're doing those things. Okay, these are, we're called to move toward one another. Some of us here went to Phoenix to begin the conversation with each other and with others of what does it look like for us to be bridge builders, to enter into conversations about racial reconciliation and, and, and loving our neighbor as we love ourselves and entering into standing up for those who, who don't have a voice or, 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 or standing alongside those who are, who, are, who are wondering, does anyone notice, does anyone care, does anyone want to enter into this conversation with me? And yet we can, individually and corporately, especially as a majority or dominant culture, if you will, uh, white, middle-class people, um, we we don't have to apologize for that, by the way. Um, But what we also can't do is, is, is present that on a social media or, or do something that just says, I'm good now, I, I, I commented on it, I, I liked it, I shared this post, and now I don't need to enter into really uncomfortable waters and sit across the table from people that might, 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 might expose some brokenness in my own heart and in, in, in how much, like, when, as I thought about that and prayed, and I was tempted to just quit Facebook, by the way. Again, that's maybe that's the old guy in me. But I'm like, I'm just so sick of this, and I don't know what, well, you know, so as I posted something, though, I going back to this, and it's all connected, right? We're one messy bucket of people, by the way. God, we, we talk about the sacred and secular divide in here, and we like to be like, Oh, that's the pulpit. You don't talk about that kind of thing. You don't bring that here. Show me where Jesus does that, where Jesus is like, not appropriate right now. We'll go talk about that later. That's uncomfortable. Hey, that's here. That's in this bucket. No, that's in this bucket. We're go-. Like, no. God created us. God said, let us make man in our image that our entire lives would reflect him as image bearers and that our relationship with each other, our relationship with culture, the cultural mandate, the everything, and then when sin entered into the world, oh, it only affected our hearts. And so now we just need to preach on a level that only affects, you know, sin and being restored in some ethereal disembodied way to god that doesn't affect real everyday life that's not there that's not in this book all right i I challenge you to find it there no god made us as whole people to reflect him in every way and then when sin entered in all of us individually and communally when we all we like sheep went astray away from god the result of that is broken, you know, disoriented people where we say that's appropriate here and that's appropriate there. And Jesus said, oh, behold, the, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Uh, the good news of God is, the, the good news of the kingdom of heaven is upon you. And Jesus came to restore every part of life. And let me encourage you with this, that as I was even this morning praying and singing these songs and reading through these things and lamenting this last week and and sin in my own heart being revealed, um, God really convicted me and yet encouraged me with the reality that the transformative work of Jesus on a heart level is worked out and fleshed out over time. So again, as we hear this kind of sermon, it's not, you should really be ashamed of yourself, and right now, this sermon, get it right, get it together, and your motives are either impure and broken, or they're just right, and you're nailing it, and God's like, yeah, yeah, you got it now. Okay, never mind, I don't... Like, it's usually a little bit of both and. It's a little, going back to that picture, it's usually a little bit of like, Okay, I don't want to be seen by others. I'm going, to, I'm going to engage this person right now. I used a homeless person in that context. I'm going to, I'm going to do this good work right now, and I, I still care a little bit about how many likes I get. And it's, it's usually not like an either-or. In my experience, that's sanctification. That's the growing into the reality of the new transformed heart that Jesus has given you if you put your faith in him. Okay, are you, are you tracking? Amen. It's, it's usually, it's a growing process, and it has been for me. And, it, and that's where, 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 where repentance and grace and encouragement and accountability all are lived out in this messy bucket that is our lives of the good news of Jesus informing it all. Oh, and that's good. And, 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 we, and, 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 and we, we have a God who created us to be recognized and then designed the way that he would meet that need, that very, very real need and then the, 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 the reality, this word reward comes in there. And we're going to see that again, skipping over the Lord's Prayer right now. Okay, we'll get there. I know that's like, that seems like crazy talk that we would skip the Lord's Prayer in church. Those of you who are not Christians here, like, that's the one thing I know. Like, I, every sporting event, we would take a knee and say that. The coach would be dropping F bombs before and after it, but would be like, take a knee now. We're going to say the Lord's Prayer together. And we you know, so we'll get in. That's why we need a whole week for it next week. So now, though, in verse 5, picking up there, Jesus again says, And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and in the street corners, that they may be seen by others. And then he goes on, and just skipping over to verse 16, And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces, that their fasting may be seen by others. Again, I think in our context, like our problem is not we pray too much and we fast too much, right? That's probably not the case here. In our society, now in, you know, first century Judaism, that was a big deal, okay? That was like life. Everyone was doing that. Everyone was praying, everyone was fasting. Um, This isn't a how to, okay? How to go about those things. But let me just say we need to be fasting and praying. Prayer is, is 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 having our hearts shaped and formed and transformed and and continuing to grow sanctification, having our hearts aligned with the heart of our of our heavenly Father, and it's a gift. Um, it, it's and then and then fasting is 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 refraining from food or fr- and it was typically that from food because. Um, in that day, and I'd say in our day, in a lot of ways, like, God even says, like, your stomach is your God. Like, so to remind you of your very, what you depend on for life, you you abstain from food, and so, and again, but if, whatever, I mean, people do face from, or fast, fast from Facebook and from TV or from whatever else. One time I even, like, fasted from exercise. I don't know if that one was legit um, (laughs) or not, but, you know, there's, but all these different things, and the heart of it is to, to grow your dependency and to remind you of your desperate need to have your needs met by, by God, by our creator and our sustainer and our redeemer and our rescuer and our restorer. But these people had taken these good things, just like we do in different areas, just like we do with Instagram, and, and distorted it. And made it be all about them and all about meeting their needs and replacing God. Isn't that crazy? I mean, we can do that. We, can, we are such crazy, broken people that we can take things about God and make it about us and still use language that says it's all about God right now when everything in our hearts and in our actions is saying it's all really all about me. And so Jesus says, don't, don't do that in your prayer and in your fasting. Don't do it um, because you've already gotten your reward. That might be a little bit confusing, right? Like reward, like what, how does that fit into Christianity? Well, he says, they've already received their reward. When you stand and pray in the synagogues and in the street corners and you change your voice and you, it actually says blow a trumpet. My son actually plays a trumpet. I want to try that sometime. Like, hey, buddy, you're going to play the trumpet right now, blow it out, and I'm going to pray right after. Like, it's hard to imagine. But you do this and you pray in such a way that other people will see and will hear and will be like, wow, wow, that's really good. And he says, if you, if you do that, you already receive your reward. Because here's the deal, you, whatever you're looking for, you're going to get it. And if you're looking for recognition from other broken people, you're going to get that. And you're going to eventually realize that that's not really what you want or really what you need. If, you're, if the way you present your good works, if you pray and you fast and you give in order to have your identity informed and shaped by other people giving you applause and, then, and that's all, and that's what you're looking for, you're looking for love in all the wrong places, you're going to get it. And then you're going to see how broken it is. But he says, but pray in secret to your father who is in secret. And then you will be rewarded by your father who is in secret. What if this whole paradigm that we're looking through right now, our lenses, okay? The lenses, like we've all got some glasses on. We, we don't see them. We've all got some glasses on right now that inform how we see the world around us. And we tend to hear this. Again, I've been hammering on this. In this whole sermon, we tend to think that Jesus is saying, "Do you're like he's wagging a finger at you and saying, like, you should be ashamed of yourself. Don't pray that way, idiot. Pray this way. And, and, and we could present the, the sermon this way that, that, that we hear that. Like, that's the lenses and the, the filters that we hear these things are, is, oh, this list of rules, get it right. But what if Jesus is actually not giving a list of rules by the ultimate arbiter of rules, but is rather giving relational norms for what life looks like to healthily thrive and function under the loving care of a heavenly Father? What if these things are saying, you have real needs, God, okay, they, we, I don't want to dismiss those needs because so often we go there, oh, I don't need to be recognized. I don't need to be rewarded. Glory to God. We church it up and we over-spiritualize and we forget, we miss the fact. No, you have real needs. You need to be recognized. You need to be rewarded. But in the way that your loving Heavenly Father has made you to have those needs be met. And I know some of us have really broken images of Father we, we grew up without a father. We, we had a, maybe a father that didn't represent or reflect the heavenly father. As a young dad of kids, I'm very aware that we don't measure up. And, and what a high calling it is to reflect the character of our heavenly father. And, and some of us, just it's, that's not just easy, like, okay, heavenly father, if you just tack on the adjective heavenly, now I'm good. Like, no, there, we need to have some serious healing done over time in our community by, by coming under God's word, by being encouraged by the good news of Jesus. And slowly, perhaps, hopefully quickly sometimes, but usually over time, having our, our perspective of Father changed and, and, and restored and renewed like, 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 picture the kid out on the soccer field or on the stage, the little, the little b- ballerina, you know, dancing, looking out, and just looking, like, Daddy, do you see me? Do you recognize me? Or the little kid on the soccer field, you know, they're all running around like hive soccer, you know, like a little beehive. And then the one kid that's not in the beehive is either, like, playing with the grass or, like, looking for who? For Mommy and Daddy to see like, I kicked the ball. Did you see? Yeah, keep kicking it. Go, go, go. Right? But, but there's, that, there's that, and that's us. That's you and me. We're looking for recognition. We're looking for reward. And, and, and Jesus says, if you stop and you look at the crowd and say, did you see me? Did you see me? then then yeah yeah i see you but but your 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 need isn't met as god designed it but when he says but 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 you already have the favor and the relationship and the delight from your heavenly father who loves you who sees you out there and says yeah i, I see you who the one who sees in secret the one who is in secret this language here is um has the connotations of like what goes on in a in a marriage relationship behind closed doors not sexually okay this isn't this isn't like it's not going there it's not saying what goes on but including sexual intimacy in a in a married relationship right but you you have no closer relationship than what goes on behind closed doors you see yourself in your vulnerability there's an intimacy there's a conversational depth there's a there's a health And and, and this language is used that no, your father, the reward that you're looking for, you get that intimacy with the father. The one who who it on a heart level that recognition, that reward that you and I are looking for in everything that we do, in every way that we sin, and which again in its nutshell means not God. Everything we do, whether you're looking at pornography, you're looking for reward and recognition from some way. You're looking to have your identity in, in, in informed and shaped and in, in, in whatever it is, if how you present yourself, your business practices, your whatever you're you're looking for and you're going after in whatever way, you're looking for that recognition and that reward in some other way, that, that intimacy, that, 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 that place of, of, of incredible um, oneness and closeness, and he says you have that with your, with your heavenly Father. That, what you're, that reward, if you look for it here, you'll get it from there, and it won't satisfy. But if you look for it, where God made you to have it found, you will get it. You will will get that delight. You will get that intimacy that you're craving, that you're, everyone, I, I firmly believe every one of us in this room has that need. If you're a human in this room, you have a need and you're looking to have those needs met and Jesus says the only place that can be adequately met is through a restored relationship with your Father. The Heavenly Father recognizes and rewards His children. For those who have put their faith in Jesus, they have gone from enemy to child, adopted as sons and daughters of God Most High. And guys, as we, as we close um, I think we have a couple different groups in here, a couple different propensities. Some of us in this room look for love in all the wrong places, right? Some of us in this room have this—I have these needs, and I recognize these needs, and I'm going to go find it here. I'm going to—I'm going to get it. I'm going to be—I'm going to be assertive. I'm going to go have those needs met. We either use religious things like in this context, prayer and giving and fasting, and I'm going to get those needs met, and I'm going to present myself in such a way that gets those needs met, or whatever else it might be. Again, I already gave you some examples, just fill in the blank. I'm going to have those needs met by whatever it is, and we know it, and we're going there, and we're looking for it in the wrong ways. And the call from Jesus right now is, those are the wrong ways. What would it look like for you to see that those needs can only be met by your perfect and good Heavenly Father? Others though, and perhaps sometimes it overlaps. Again, we're messy buckets, right? Others though, we wanna, we wanna negate that we even have those. We wanna downplay that, that those are even valid needs. And probably more like in a religious context, I think we're probably the most vulnerable to this, this error is just trying to push those aside and say, those aren't real needs. I don't really need to have those needs met. And so again, confessionally, with our words, we say it's all about God. Glory to God. It's all about Him. It's all about... and, And we use and we hunker down and we say... All that matters is that I'm restored. And, we use, and we've talked about some of these words. And we say, you know, regeneration, um, imputation, uh, justification, right? We've talked about some of these things, these, these incredibly important words that, that make you a born-again Christian, that take you from death to life, that, that, that takes your heart from a dead, hard heart to a soft heart of flesh. Those are really important things. But when you stay there... When you live in that place, it looks like this. It looks like someone who's been adopted walking around with his or her adoption papers. And someone says, hey, tell me about your family. Tell me about your dad. And we have some some people in our room who who, who have been adopted. Um, I was was thinking about them this actually as I I prepared this and even got emotional thinking about this picture. What, What if... If, if that person stayed in that place, in that identity, or as our church enters into the foster care and adoption crisis, that Pima County is the worst county in the entire country in this regard, and as our church is entering into saying, Lord, how can we be a part of your healing work? I promise you our vision is not that people would just get adopted into families and then walk around with adoption papers and when you we have them come up and say hey can you share your story what's your family like and they hold it up here and they say on this day forward legally this child is now a father or son or whatever a child of this person hereby the state of Arizona and just read you legal jargon and said that's my family that's my relationship well, no, no, tell me about your dad. On this day forward, uh, formally, by, like, and that's where some of us stay. We stay in this place of looking at things like this and, and thinking about having our needs met by our, our Heavenly Father in purely legal terms. And Jesus says, no, no. Is the, is the courtroom important? Absolutely. Absolutely. You have to go there. You have to go through the courtroom. And that's, that's the new heart language. But then he says, hey, I'm going to take you with that new heart, and I'm going to bring you into the living room. I'm going to bring you around the table. I'm going to bring you out on the soccer field. And as you're, as you're learning what it looks like, as you're learning what your new identity looks like, as slowly over time, your mannerisms and your language and all this stuff begins to look like your father." Okay, this language has been used here. Be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. Unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will by no means inherit the kingdom of heaven, Jesus says. And what he's saying is, that's that's the law room, that's the courtroom. But then he goes on and says, and once that happens, you start to look a little more like your Father. Over time, you start to see that you don't need to look for love in all the wrong places. Because he's already given it to you. The, the language of adoption is too often underplayed because that's real life. That, that's the implications of going from, from enemy to child. If you put your faith in Jesus, and I pray you have and I pray you do, The good news of Jesus is that he has now taken you and me to a place, to a relationship of covenantal, familial norms. Not a list of rules, but an environment, a relational context where we see a good heavenly father who delights in, who recognizes, who rewards his children with an intimacy that cannot be broken, that cannot be taken away that informs us and transforms us every day. Let's pray together. And Heavenly Father, you are that. You're good. You are righteous. You are a judge. You You will say, depart from me, I never knew you, to those who have continued to live outside of relationship with you, who have not put their faith in, in, in Christ, who have not gone from death to life, who have not been born again, all the, the very necessary legal realities of being restored with you. And yet, Lord, I repent and, and confess in, uh, in my own heart and, and on behalf of, of our church here, Of Lord, we have stayed there. And we've treated one another that way. But Lord, we're a family. And we have a good Father. And other people who call on the name of Jesus, who who think differently, who who hurt and mourn differently, who are, are, are having different experiences in life, Lord, we all look for recognition and reward in very, very different ways. And yet at the end of the day, we have these desperate needs that can only be fully met By our good and perfect Heavenly Father. And so now as we respond, I pray that you will lead us individually as children and corporately as brothers and sisters, as a family, to be shaped in your image, in your identity, as your family because of the good news of Jesus taking us from death to life, taking us from enemy to children.